Hello, and welcome to the Vision Speak Live podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Candice. I'm so glad you decided to tune in. It's not by accident that you are here. It's a divine appointment. And I believe you are going to leave inspired, challenged, and motivated to arise and move forward into your true identity and purpose. Vision Speak Consulting exists to help you discover and cultivate your dreams, strengths, and purpose through education and action with kindness. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Vision Speak Live. I'm your host, Dr. Candice, and I'm so, so grateful to welcome you in and to introduce you to a dear sister, a dear sister, my first guest on this podcast. I'm grateful that she said yes, (laughs) and her name is Gigi. Simmons, Gigi, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It is so good to be here, to be in your space with your listeners. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you, sis. Um, and I didn't say your full name because <laughs> she's my she's my Gigi, <laughs> but it's Jernell, which is such a beautiful name. I don't know if I've ever asked you where that name came from and we'll talk about that we won't go into that now but (laughs) like seriously I don't think I ever have sis but um it's beautiful she's beautiful um Gigi and I are on zoom I know you all can't see us but just know um this is about to be so good so definitely wherever you are listening in your car if you're on a walk I think I say this in the trailer um lock into this if you have to pause it and come back we'll be here (laughs) so (laughs) You know, get ready because I know that is it's going to be a, such a blessing to your soul, to your spirit, and be sure to share this episode. Um, we would appreciate it because someone in your world needs this. I know I do, and so there's intentionality by Gigi being on this podcast with me. And so let me just talk a little bit about how we got here. So I actually um, interviewed you, sis. I interviewed Gigi. Two years ago, I think it was like February, no, February 25th. Um, so Gigi and I do live life together. We first met um, at our church, shout out to the Kingdom Center in Ooh. Louisville, Kentucky. So, you know, plug, if you're ever this way, if you are ever in the Bluegrass State, like seriously, yeah. <laughs> come to the Kingdom, Kingdom Center. You can find us on all the socials, uh, Google the website in Louisville, Kentucky. It's just, um, it's a beautiful place. And um, I'd seen Gigi, um, she serves our pastor, um, Pastor Steph as her armor bearer. Um, and she's been connected to our pastors for a long time. So she's family. She really yeah. is a daughter. Yeah. Ooh, she's the daughter of the house. And so I would see her. I'm sure we said hello, you know, and, and did all that. And um, really, I got a chance to know her um, really in a season of my life. I won't, because it's not about me, but in a season in my life when I needed her and I didn't know I needed her. So Gigi, thank you. And I I think I've told you, thank you for that. But in this moment, thank you for being right there. Like literally, physically, (laughs) right right there in that moment for me. Um, And Gigi and her family um, have been such a blessing to me and Kyla 
to my daughter. Um, we'll get into that. But um, yeah, God had, had again, you he allowed you to show up for me and and Kyla. Yeah. He allowed you, John, and your three girls to show up and your mom too. <laughs> <laughs> to show up and and keep showing up as staples for us. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, so I would love for you to just share with our listeners who, who Gigi is. All right. So thank you. I'm like, oh man, she's got a good introduction here, but I am simply just a broken girl that was found by grace. Honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. I am, I am a daughter of our house. Like we're going to do another shameless plug. If you are in the bluegrass state for real, for there real. is no greater house than the kingdom center in Louisville, Kentucky. Our pastors are, they are the real deal. They love their people like God loves the church. And um, if I'm honest, my story can't be told without them. Um, I, I moved back to Louisville, Kentucky in 2008 I went to Bible college. They were actually my Bible college teachers. Then they weren't pastors. They were teachers. Um, So for me, he was uh, Elder Ronnie and Miss Stephanie. And now they're Pastor Ronnie and Pastor Stephanie. And they had told someone that I knew they were coming to put a church here in Kentucky. And in that season of my life at 18 years old, I was like, I'm done with church. I'm done with God. I don't want to serve anymore. I grew up in a very, very amazing Christian home. Um, But I also grew up in a single parent home. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in a single parent home that was phenomenal. My mom, still to this day, I've never heard my mom raise her voice at me. I'm 35 years old. My mom was graced with parenting. Like that's just who God made her to be. And so, Um, I started going because I didn't want to go. I know that sounds crazy. I I started going because I didn't want to be there, but I knew that with her in the same city, I wasn't going to be able to run from what God had called me to for long. And so I quickly ran back to the place where I knew that I needed. Um, even though in that season, I didn't, I didn't feel needed. I didn't feel wanted. I felt really broken, honestly. Mm. And if you know our pastor, she did what only she could do. She loved me back to the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And in that season, I was trying to figure out what am I doing? Yeah. I had literally missed what I considered my dream of going into the Navy from a softball injury. And my incision for my softball injury is literally 0.3 millimeters too long. And after that, I was just devastated. And so Fast forward to 2013, actually 2011. Let me, I'm just, I'm going to give y'all a quick rundown. I'm sorry. This is, it's really important. It is. The details. In 2011, I ended a relationship that I was in and it was an engagement. It wasn't just like a, oh yeah, they were just dating. No, I was engaged to be married. I ended that relationship and my best friend literally told me, I don't care what you say that relationship wasn't for you. Not because that person wasn't great. That's just not who you're supposed to be with. Mm. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't want to get married. I don't want children. I don't want to do this anymore. Like we're done. I'm done with dating. This is stupid. I literally just wasted two years of my life and I didn't waste anything. I'm honest. I needed those two years. Um, 
So my best friend took me on this journey. She took me on this journey of becoming a wife instead of asking God to be married. That's a whole nother conversation for a whole yeah. nother day. And so for a whole year, I logged off social media. I logged out of, I'll say it like this for the real people that will hear this. I logged out of my little black book hmm. and I put me on display for God to wreck, to cut, to sharpen, to pierce, to bruise and put back together the way that only he could. Mm. And literally a year from the day that we started that journey, I got this random email from the most amazing man I've ever met in my life. And I ignored that email y'all for two mm. weeks. I ignored it. And I was like, <laughs> no, I, I don't do online dating. This yeah. is not it for me. Um, I'm not, I'm not here for this. I deleted it. Finally, I deleted it. And 24 hours later, I got another email and I was like, whoa, go to Urban Dictionary. They were thirsty. I was like, I'm, I don't want to do this. Slide, delete. And then oh came a third opportunity. But this time the opportunity caught me at the right moment that I was just, okay, I'm just going to read it. And that one email changed my life. Wow. I read the email August the 25th I went on my very first date with the most amazing man in the history of ever yeah and from August 25th of 2011 to March 16 2013 I went on a wild goose chase of making sure that this man was everything that God wanted me to and he was he was everything that I needed he was nothing that I wanted hmm. say it again yeah Yes. Everything that I needed, nothing that I wanted, but I would have missed the greatest blessing. And I married that man on March 16th, 2013 and pastor Steph and pastor Ronnie, because they're my parents first. They, they saw what I couldn't see. Yeah. And this is where the details start to matter. Okay. So I married this man and it was an inside joke between us that we got married on March the 16th in numeral term 316. The very first date he asked me, what's your favorite scripture? And I'm like, bro, you are not that guy. Why do you care what my favorite scripture is? Like, let's just be real. Right. I was like, wait, on the first date, like at the gate, the first okay. date out the gate, we were in a conversation that was like two hours deep and it was like, let me reel this back in. Cause I don't want to get lost. I don't, I might, you might be my wife. So let me, what's your favorite scripture? And I said, John three sixteen. hindsight, it became a joke because his name was John. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's everyone's favorite scripture. So what's your for real favorite scripture? It was my favorite scripture. I didn't have another one. Yeah. And I tried to go find another one. I was like, no, but for real, that, that's really my favorite scripture. And it was, if I'm honest, the only reason why it was my favorite scripture, because God so loved the world that he gave. Mm -hmm. And nowhere in there did it ever say that he asked for anything in return. Mm -hmm. And for a girl who grew up without a father in her home, there was a man that actually loved me enough to give me everything and never asked for anything in return. Mm -hmm. And for me, I had a father who is an amazing man, 
Like I, I know my biological father, I love him to pieces, but I didn't learn until I was 18 that I had to fall in love with the man that he was having a child out of wedlock to love the man that he had become. He yeah. was trying to figure out how to be a father and then love the man who he currently is. Yeah. And because no one teaches us that, I was just like, no, I don't want no dad. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But I had one. I just didn't know where to go find him. And I found him in John 3, 16. Amen. And so Jay and I got married. We were married literally 72 hours and unbeknownst to me I was pregnant on our honeymoon so from marriage to yes we're gonna be parents and I hated every ounce of it because if you know anything about me in real life on my 21st birthday I really asked my mom if I could just like figure out how I could never have kids because I wanted to travel the world I didn't want children yeah And then that's where reality catches up with me because when I was 21, my biggest fear was mom, as much as I love you, I don't ever want to be a single parent. I don't, I'm not strong. Like you are, I cannot do this alone. Like I've watched how you maneuver your life and granted my mom was in the military. So life was really different, Mm -hmm. but I didn't, I missed my opportunity to go into the Navy. So I didn't know what life would look like as a single parent if I wasn't in the military. Yeah. So we were married for 10 years, technically, according to time and the law. But on paper, we were married for nine years, 11 months, and 12 days. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm living in the reality that the one person that I enjoy doing life with who God gave me is allowing me to live a life um, from a different perspective. Yeah. But if I'm honest, now I get to live my favorite scripture out loud. So Mm. we'll get into the story. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Thank you, sis. You're welcome. Yeah. So I... I want to talk about John. Um, and when I said the family, yeah, the family. So we connected, but then because we're also about family, it was family. Um, and so for me, John was my brother mm-hmm. is, was, was my brother. Yeah. And, um, we never had like really long conversations and we didn't need to. That was, I believe like yeah. <laughs> that was our space. Like he, you know, like maybe he was like, they're good. You know, I don't, <laughs> right. And so our interactions at church were just so precious. Like he's brother. So it's like a dap, it's a, it's a side hug. Mm-hmm. It's his laughter is so infectious. Yeah. So, and I was thinking this morning, I was like, he was a staple. So when we, we all served, right. So when we're coming into into the doors, he's he was on post, right? Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time out in the lobby because I serve on connections. And in that season, like I'm thinking before COVID, right. no, no, wait, 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 no, no, no. In the midst of COVID, I'm like, let me get my years together for real. Yeah. Like, our church wasn't as crowded as it is now to say. So we were in the lobby having a great time in the Lord here. You know, I'm out there dancing, hearing the worship. John is laughing. We're just having a good time together. And I just appreciate it. I just remember his laugh, his joy, 
and I'm full of joy too. So we just yes, we, we would just be having a good time, cracking jokes, all the things. Um, and then his relationship with Kyla. John stepped in, and I just that's how you know it's kingdom. Yeah. Because it was for me just the right time, just what was needed, nothing overbearing. He was just being who he was. And I wasn't looking because God had told me, and for those who don't know, I'm a single mom. (laughs) God has blessed me with a beautiful daughter and to be able to steward his gift. And I have not been alone. Yes, I'm a single mom, but it's been Jesus and the village. Right, right. My parents have helped. He has sent me people, whether it's from my old church or where I'm at currently, to just fill in whatever gaps. Really not any, because what I was going to say is he gave me the revelation that Kyla's not missing anything. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. not lacking. I was like, wait, what? You know, so that's a whole nother thing. But that, thank you, look, because I'm in real time, he's given me this, that anything that we were given, she was given was overflow. Right. So John, John came in as overflow, right? And so, but it was what Kyla needed. And I think he was the one who told me, or maybe you did, was like, Kyla reached out and said, she sees me as a father figure. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait, she, she said that to you? Right. And I'm like, So that's what he was to Kyla. And it was her and him. Like, I didn't need to get in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, not excluded from their relationship, but it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And there was, and that was peace. Like there was trust. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to call him and be like, hey, well, no, like literally. Like, I mean, you were so, and that's why I just love so much about you and John and just how you all handle family and just relationships. Like you would text me, sometimes right but it wasn't even i'm like y'all good like i hope my response is already like girl you didn't really have to text me about this like i trust y'all like it's all good but you were just honoring me as mom yeah if that makes sense and it really wasn't even i can't even think it really wasn't anything big but just again the details but it was just so precious so um i just appreciate god for how he orchestrated our relationship with the girls, um, with John, with Kyla. Um, and we're better for it. She's better for it. And I mean, he, I know, I I know you and I had talked about this after he had passed away and Mm -hmm. you were just like, man, I mean, but, and I was like, no, 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 listen, the beautiful thing for me was I was able to love him enough to share him with the world. Yeah. And I shared him with the people who needed him most. Yeah. Yeah. And I never, I never was empty. His kids were never empty without right. him, never a displacement. Right. He didn't love, you know, your daughter more than he loved his own. He never, he never sacrificed having time with his children to be with someone else's. You know what I mean? And so I think it begins to be a beautiful story and details because when we all get to sit at the table and talk about it, it's like, man, so he did that for your daughters first. And then he did in the same day, like, yeah, he didn't care about how tired he was. Everybody needed a dad. Yeah. 
he showed up. Yep. Yep. Right on time. Right on time. I think about, um, you know, okay, so I guess 21, whenever, like, it was, to me, I remember the day, like, you and I had our interaction in the, in the lobby. So that was 2021. And then you all invited us into your home. Uh, you know, we were able to just kick it with you all, which was awesome. And we ate real good. So shout out. <laughs> To the Simmons for feeding Kyla and I so well every time we were there. Like, that means a lot. A lot. Um, and even bringing us, a little, you know, a couple of hamburgers to church. Like, listen. Oh, yeah. It, like, in the barbecue, it was just beautiful. Like, <laughs> beautiful. So I remember, um, you know, John said, you know, I want to take Kyla out, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, cool, 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 cool. Listen. And I knew our schedules, but I knew that it would be right on time. Right. Right. Because Kyla has an active schedule too. So I knew he knew that you all knew that dance, theater, all those things. And I remember um, it was, was earlier this year? It had to be. Yeah. Earlier this year. And Kyla, um, what? it was earlier this year. I think. Well, no, no. I'm talking about when they went to, they went to Red Rock. He took her to. to So it was, I think it was either before Christmas break or like right after the new year yeah okay I'd have to go back in my phone because I have a calendar invite like I had to put in my calendar because she has physical therapy and I was like oh I can just meet you I can drop her off at um the mall so they were eating at Rare Robin which I think says kind of said he really liked the burgers I don't know if it was his favorite spot but who knows I mean we're we're y'all sorry we yeah listen so um so yeah, so first of all, like you all live like an hour away. <laughs> so God, this man is gonna drive up and meet Kyla and take her on a date. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yes. And he had been saying he was going to do it. And it had to be at the appointed time. It was appointed time. It just everything was aligned. Yeah. And how she was texting him and like, you know, we're about to pull up. And he met her. And he's like, you want me to bring her home? <laughs> are you, are you going to bring her home too? I don't have to like post up in the mall or, you know, go somewhere for two. Like, that means so much. Oh, I can go home and put on my night clothes. <laughs> and then... He walks her to the door. Yeah. I mean, you all listening, like to me, that's that's everything. That's a man. That's a kingdom man. That's a man of God. That's that's what you do. Right. That's what you do. And so we just had a brief conversation. It was late. He had to go on back to his family, you know. Um, and then daddy daughter dance. Again, it's in the details. And I remember Kyla was like, she didn't want to go. She was going back and forth. A sister blessed her with the new dress. I mean, the details. Yeah. He texts and asked her, you know, what color you wearing? The details. So he could be suited, you know, like fitted. Because <laughs> you got to come clean to the daddy. Yeah. Daughter, right. Yep. Um, so anyway, I could go on and on about those details. But yeah, just just so precious so precious so um i love for you to share um with our listeners the details of february 19th 
So if you've ever been in my home, I mean, you, you have been in my home and, you know, Sundays are important for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you said, we live an hour away from everything that we are a part of, (laughs) Whether, whether it be church, business, friends we literally live an hour away yeah and so realistically our Sundays typically start on Saturdays mm-hmm. um, and so Saturday nights we would get out our girls clothes he would iron them I'm doing hair and I'm telling you my girls have a lot of it so Saturdays mm-hmm. were really just a lot um this particular Saturday we had done things earlier in the day um so my girl's hair was done it was washed I mean washed detangled done styled clothes had been ironed and him and one of his coaches were building a new front deck for me oh for my mom really um because she was supposed to be having a procedure the following Monday and him and coach were out there and we were cutting up they were playing with my kids coach left around 3 30 maybe 4.30, I don't know. And he looked at me and he said, girl, I just want to let you know that you were the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Yes. I was like, bro, we out here sweating out here with these kids. There's nothing pretty about right now. And again, to know us is to know that we were jokers all the time. Like there was never a moment that you walked into my house that laughter didn't feel it. Um, And so- my girls are like, we have to take another bath. You sure do. We've been out here playing. <laughs> let's go in the house. We're going to take a bath. And that particular night, he said, you know, let's take a bath. Mommy's not going to cook. We're just going to order pizza and we're going to watch a family movie. Say less. I yeah. Order the pizza. I don't even care how much you spent on said pizza. I don't have to cook and clean up a kitchen. Done. <laughs> so he orders pizza. I have no idea what movie my girls find to watch, but whatever it was, we found it and in those moments, it was beautiful. The The stillness mm-hmm. that filled my home, the quiet, but you could still feel the peace and the love because we were all just there together. We were just sitting there watching a movie. No one was talking, but we were all cuddled on our couch with our blankets, all the things. We put our kids to bed and um, if you've ever ever seen a guy that is clean on the daily you know that their hair days are important just as much as a woman's hair days are Mm -hmm. Um, and so Jay used to cut his own hair and everyone would be like what and I'm like no for real he does not pay anyone to cut his hair he he cuts his own hair yeah this particular Saturday night he said you know I think I'm just gonna cut my hair in the morning and I said every time you say that the morning never goes to plan. I think you might want to cut your hair tonight. Yeah. Because we both were supposed to be serving that Sunday morning. Yeah. And so I was like, it's an earlier morning. We have to be there for all three services because we had just picked up all three services back in our um, in our church. And so he's like, you know what? You're right. Well, I'm going to run you a bath and then we can chat. I'll cut my hair and then, you know, we'll get in the bed. Say less, sir. Mm-hmm. Do what you got to do. I bathe, he showers, cut his hair, we're in the bed and we're talking. And we used to do this thing called pillow talk every night. 
and we extended pillow talks on Saturdays because you've made it through the week. Yeah. What did you need to tell me that you forgot to tell me? Was there anything that I needed to know? Was there anything that was really important that you wanted to say, but kids work life balance. It just, we didn't circle back around to it. Can you like, you know, what, here's your moment, pour it out before we start a new week. And if I'm honest, that particular Saturday, more times than I can remember, he made sure that I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was his girl, mm -hmm. that he was my best friend, and that he loved me dearly. We went to bed. We did what married couples do. Amen. And that morning we woke up at 5.15 like we always do. We prayed. He made me a cup of coffee. He prepared breakfast for our kids. He got them dressed. I had to do one of my daughter's hair over because she was just like really apparently sleeping rough and playing with her hair in the middle of the night. I don't know. It, it was just all bad. And I was like, okay, great. One out of three, I'll take it. Yeah. And two of my daughters are standing in my bathroom with me. He comes in, he kicks them out and he goes, this is my moment. I just need to admire your mommy putting her makeup on because she is so freaking pretty. He kissed me on my cheek because he hated kissing me after I put on makeup. So he was like, nope, I'm getting yeah. all my kisses now. Yeah. And I gave him a hug because he was wearing a white shirt. And if he wore a white shirt, I couldn't hug him because my make all the things, right? right? And so he hugged me and it was our thing. Anytime that you stopped to give me a hug, we had to hug for two minutes. We had to kiss every day for a minute. And so my girls knew, what well, we don't get to interrupt. Yeah. This is a moment and we're gonna watch it. And he walked back out of my bathroom. He was having a conversation with my oldest daughter. My middle daughter came out and said, daddy, can you please help me put my boot on? And he said, those are not the boots that your mom are talking about. You should probably go ask her what boots she really wants you to wear. Mm -hmm. In the process of that, my daughter comes into my bathroom and she asked me that question. My oldest daughter has a pair of tennis shoes, y'all, that really would make you pull your hair out. I can't get them on her feet. She can't get them on her feet. And her daddy is the only person that has ever been able to get that freaking shoe on her foot. Yeah. And I mean, every woman knows you have that one pair of boots that you really love and they're really comfortable, but you can never get it on. And so my oldest daughter says, daddy, can you please help me put my boot on? And he doesn't respond. She comes and stands at my bathroom door and she says, mommy, why isn't daddy like, why is he not responding? Is he trying to play a game on me today? And I said, no, he was just talking to you. So I said, Jay, can you help her put her shoe on? And instantly, because of my faith in God, mm -hmm. I knew something was wrong. Mm -hmm. I asked her to ask her daddy one more time, could he help her put her shoe on? And if you know my, if you know, like, you know, my oldest child, mm -hmm. she's dramatics. She should be in somebody's theater today. Yeah. And I said, baby, just ask him one more time. Mm -hmm. 
and the way that she looked at me, I knew mm -hmm. I can't ask you to do that again. So I told my two youngest daughters to stay in the bathroom. And I, I don't even know if we said why I needed to call this, what we're calling it. Um, you can share it now. I, I just remembered. I was like, I don't think I said. Okay. So <laughs> When, when Candace had asked me, well, what do you want, what do you want to call this? And mm -hmm. I said, well, I have to be obedient because in this season, God is really allowing me to show the, the people of God or just anyone really mm -hmm. the details of a vow. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a marriage vow, but just a vow, something that you say you're going to do something that you're going to promise that you're going to tell someone else that they got your word. A vow is simply just a, a word that you're agreeing on in front of people. Mm-hmm. And the details of whatever value make matter. And so when I walked out of my bathroom, I saw him kneeling, putting on his shoe. Mm -hmm. But because when you're intimate with the words that you say and you mean them with your whole heart, someone's posture could be an answer to a question that they didn't have to physically respond to. Hmm. And before I get to how I tell the rest of this story, our church did, we normally do a 40 day fast every year. Mm -hmm. This particular year, our pastor said, no, God is really telling me that we need to do a seven day intensive fast. And I don't even know why, but it is, it's apparently we're only going to do a seven day intensive fast. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever said this to anyone. It's the first time that anyone will ever hear this when they hear your podcast. Mm -hmm. When I asked my husband what we were believing God for this year, what did we really need God to answer? Mm -hmm. What are we really going to put out there and vow to God that no matter what happens, we're going we're gonna to own this seven-day fast because we're going to believe him with everything in us. Mm -hmm. There were two things. The second one, it's not for me to say. The first one is this, and it's the most important. Jay had battled with congested heart failure when my middle daughter was four months old. At 26 years old, he laid in an ICU room for 14 days. And the doctor then told me, if you don't get your husband healthy, you will bury him he's got to do something. Mm -hmm. So let me put a shameless plug out there. If you don't know your family history, yeah. it's important that you go figure it out. Mm -hmm. Go ask hard questions. Go get the blueprint of the DNA that you possess. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, you will perish for lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I made Jay go do the work. Go figure out what runs in your family because I know what runs in mine. Yeah. But because you've never dealt with it, you don't ask those questions. That's ignorance. That's hmm. walking in faith. Real words, sis. It's okay to, to have the truth and not, not like it, but it is ignorant to walk around as if you were indescribable or unbreakable. Hmm. And so from 2015 to 2022, no, 2020, really. My husband went from being on 33 medications every day 
to four. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, some people will be like, that's a testament of faith. It is. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But when you are walking in a house that believes in complete healing, yeah. and the totality of what you're really putting out there, because you've vowed that time to God and you've vowed those words in front of man, you go get it all. You don't leave anything out there that belongs to you on the table. Yeah. And so in 2020, we met with his doctor, his heart doctor, and his heart doctor put him on a test medicine for six months. It was great. And he was like, perfect for the next two years. So realistically, we had to finish that year because we needed to get everything that had been in his system out. Mm-hmm. So from 2021 to 2023 in April, and if I'm honest, it would have been April the 19th was his doctor's appointment. And the plan for the two years was if your heart can stay at the rate that it is in this very, very moment, mm-hmm. I'll take you off of everything else and you'll be a free man. Mm. Perfect. Great. So two years ago, my husband pulled me into the kitchen he sat me down at our kitchen table because that was our safe space if you're married and you don't have a safe space in your home where when you get up and walk away from the table nothing at that table can come back to haunt you be thrown at you in a a disagreement or an uproar find one you're killing your marriage if you don't Hmm. he sat me down and he said for the next two years we will do everything in our power to be as clean in our eating in our living in our walking and the words that we speak, and we will cultivate them. If it's not going to bring us joy, if it's not going to bring peace, we're not talking about it. If it's not a blessing, we're not talking about it. And I was like, so what have we been doing this for? Because I I missed something. Wait, I thought we were already doing that. He said, no, no, no. I, I need something from God that I, when we go back in April, I'm done with this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And for two years, we said nothing to no one. No one knew that we were getting to the two-year mark. Mm-hmm. And so on February 19th, when I literally had to tell my daughter to take her sisters and run across the street to my neighbor. The only thing I knew to do that morning was to ask God. I know you heard what I prayed. Mm-hmm. And I know you heard his heart. But is this really your answer? We typically would leave our house at 7.15 to be at our church by 8.15 because we have an attitude of excellence when serving. Mm -hmm. And I dialed 911 at 7.11. When the operator asked me what was wrong, I said, I'm sorry, here's my address. I don't have time to tell you what's happening. I just need an ambulance. My children are across the street. My husband's not breathing. The lady said, ma'am, do you want to do CPR? And I said, I don't, I don't care what you tell me to do. I need him to get up. Mm-hmm. 7.22, the paramedics, my neighbor runs back over, grabs my baby girl, takes him to his wife. And from that moment, if I ever needed to know that God was real, mm-hmm. every encounter from 722 to 842 that morning, God 
showed up. When they put my husband in the back of the ambulance, of course, I I waited. Um, I my neighbor took me to the to the hospital. Mm-hmm. In those moments, the only thing I remember doing was after the paramedics got there. Um, after I called nine one one, I'm sorry, the paramedics weren't here yet. I opened up my phone while the lady is telling me how to go through CPR. I called my mom who was not in town. My mom was actually seven hours away. And then I did what I knew to do best. I called my other mom and I said, mom, John's not breathing. And I know I'm supposed to be serving you today, but I can't be there, but I need you to pray with me. Mm -hmm. And that particular morning, she was supposed to be preaching in our house. And if you ever want to know if you are a part of a right house, that is really, really true. And they're really honest about saying, doing life with you. Yeah. Have a moment where your whole world has been rocked and stirred and watch how they respond. Hmm. I watched that service back a week later and she took to the pulpit and the words that she said held me the first seven days after I had laid my baby to rest. Mm. And she got on the platform and she said, I know that I'm supposed to be preaching, but we have to come do kingdom business. Mm -hmm. My daughter called me at 7.15 and she said that her baby's not breathing. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to ask for this house to just pray. Mm -hmm. And for the next three services, I watched people who probably haven't prayed for themselves, avenge heaven for someone else. Mm-hmm. And I got to the hospital and I sat in the lobby until, if you know anything about an ER, if I'm honest, no offense to all the ER people, they do their job. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And there's a process of doing their job. They can't just let me walk in because I'm having a freaking panic attack and my mm-hmm. world's been flipped upside down. They still have to make sure that well, the person that you're looking for might not even be out of the ambulance yet. Mm -hmm. We need to know where to send you. Mm -hmm. There was a little man in the ER waiting for someone else, for his family. Mm -hmm. My neighbor is standing next to me and this little man, honestly, y'all, he's probably like, he was probably in his late 80s, early 90s. He walks up to me, he says, baby, I don't know what it is that you need from God. But I want to tell you that he's got you and you're going to be okay. And I said, okay. I don't know who you are, sir, but thank you. Yeah. And then he said, do you mind if I pray with you? Baby, pray. Pray all you want to. Right. Right. So finally, by the time this little sweet fellow stops praying, the ER nurse at the desk tells me, okay, well, ma'am, we're going to go ahead and take you back. And I said, okay, great. Well, they can't take you all the way back to a trauma unit yet. They have to make sure that you're mentally okay to handle a trauma unit. So I have to stop and talk to another nurse. I'll never forget Casey. Mm. Casey looked at me and she goes, I don't know if I could be in your shoes right now. I've been married for two years. And they just told me the story that, you know, you're praying that your husband is going to be okay. And she said, I just want to know if I can pray with you. I don't have anything else to do. You don't, you don't need to see me, but can I pray with you? Because 
I've seen a lot of people walk in here, mm-hmm. but the way that you're holding yourself, I need to know that I can do this one day too. If it ever is me, can I pray with you? Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I prayed with Casey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You prayed with her. I prayed with Casey. Yeah. Yeah. So then I get back to the trauma unit. And the most graphic nightmare moment, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. I am faced with reality. And when you're all about kingdom, mm-hmm. you have to remember the details of God. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if you want to know, if you want to remember, or if you even want mm-hmm. to be in the moment of where God is reigning. Because here is one thing I can tell you that morning that I learned real quickly. I didn't get to choose the outcome. Mm -hmm. The outcome was written before I said I do. Mm -hmm. The reality was I just needed to know what story do I go tell after this? Because the assignment of God does not change because your world falls apart. Mm -hmm. And excuse me the trauma doctor when they called time of death at 8 42 that morning Mm. walked over to me and he said the most humbling words and to some they'll be gruesome but to know me is to know I I'm not one that looks at death the same Mm -hmm. it has never been scary for me yeah. Um, God gave me a, a, a gift of goodbye for lack of mm-hmm. better words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he mm-hmm. looked at me and he said, Are you, do you happen to be a believer? And I said, a believer of what? Huh, you do come on. Today? And he said, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And I said, yes, sir, I do. He said, I have been in this field for 20 plus years. And what I'm about to tell you is not medical. I ran every test I knew to run. I drew as much blood as I could draw. I took as much urine as I could. I literally have put every test under the map other than cutting his chest open. The only thing that is wrong with this situation this morning, Ms. Simmons, he said, but before I say this, because I promise you it's going to be the craziest thing you'll ever hear. Did you happen to hear your husband gasping or having a hard time exhaling? And I said, no, sir. Mm -hmm. He just was talking to us Mm -hmm. and he went to go kneel to put on his shoe. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm convinced that somewhere this doctor was a a youth pastor in his day (laughs) because he looked back at me and he said, well, I just believe that when your husband knelt down to put on his shoe, he heard his name being called, but it wasn't from you or your daughter. He said, because the only thing that is too high that's alarming is that there's too much oxygen in his body. And your body naturally exhales. And if Mm -hmm. it's full, you gasp for air. And I don't have an answer for you. And this is just how good God is. Mm -hmm. He said, what would you like me to put as cause of death? Because I don't want to put what medical terms would say. Right. And mm-hmm. I said, is, I said, are you allowed to put natural causes? He said, I will fight for that, but I don't think they'll let me due to his medical history. But let me tell you as a doctor, mm-hmm. he didn't struggle. 
Yeah. And yeah. I said, okay, thank you. And so it brought me to the details of this question. And it's the question that I've asked for the last 40, 42 days. God, what do I tell my babies? And God, now what story should I go tell? Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to jump to, I think there's a question on here that you asked me. Go ahead, sis. Um, you asked me, what is biblical mourning and how have you been intentional about your journey? Mm-hmm. I get it that a lot of people look at death and they're freaked out. They don't understand. We're human. I don't understand it. That is always going to be true. I don't understand. God, why did you give me someone that I would, I don't know, flip the world upside down for? But you only gave them to me for nine years. Did I really take away everything I was supposed to? You know, you have all these questions and it's fair to have the questions. But here's the beauty of it. February 20th, one of my greatest friends walked into my house and she looked at me and she said, you know, I, I could not be in your shoes because you know, I would I would be a, a really, really hot mess. Yeah, yeah. She said, but I have wrestled a little bit with what I'm supposed to say to you. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, well, it's just you and me. Like, we ain't never had to filter nothing to one another. So what is it that you need to say? And she said, you know, we watch people get married and they get married and they do married mm-hmm. 20, 30, 40, 60 plus years. Mm-hmm. Some of those people have multiple marriages. Some of those people just have a good marriage, but it's not a God marriage. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. She said, but the only thing I know to come to tell you is... God told you well done too. And I said, well, what do you mean? Like, I'm hurting. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. She said, because you lived out your full wedding vow. Hmm. And I said, what? I don't get it. I don't, I mean, what do you, I, I'm make that make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And so I wish I, I should have pulled this up, but everyone knows the vows right so in short terms through sickness and in health till death do us part mm-hmm. and so this is where it comes into the details of the vow why are we calling it this right mm-hmm. and how have i lived out this journey so like i said my favorite scripture in the bible is john three sixteen: for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall have life shall have it more abundantly right um but let's just stop with for god so loved comma mm-hmm. the world mm-hmm. comma mm-hmm. that he gave mm-hmm. do you john take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife mm-hmm. well god so loved the world that he gave mm-hmm. John so loved the world that he gave this woman to be his wife. Mm -hmm. And so what God is allowing me to say and to walk through this journey prayerfully by his strength, not mine. Yeah, come on. 
is to go back and show the world that marriage is beautiful. It's it's beautiful. And it, it actually can be done right, young people. Yeah. And old people. Yeah. And old people. <laughs> you don't have to have multiple spouses. Right. You don't have to have a divorce. Right. You don't have to have an affair. You don't have to be cheated on. Mm-hmm. You don't have to lie. You don't have to whatever the world is telling you that it's normal. It, no, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Right. And when we jokingly made our wedding date of John 316 of March 316, everything was about 316. I married John on 316 at 316. Amen. Okay. Yeah. And for me, God so loved the world that he gave. And I never looked at it until February 19th that there isn't another wedding in the Bible that was done right, except when you got to John 3.16. Hmm. Because every marriage in the Bible, it was broken. There was some flaw to it in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Mm. Someone had to go begot someone, kill someone, all the things, right? Mm. Until John 3.16, when a father knew that he needed to give a son to a bride. Mm. And the bride was so big that he'd gained the only thing that he never got, which was a family. Mm. And God gave me a John to birth children Mm -hmm. from a broken girl Mm -hmm. who never had a family. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the journey now is to go tell the world that you don't have to be married to have a vow. Mm -hmm. You've got the greatest one. Mm -hmm. And it's God so loved the world that he gave and he's going to keep giving until he has his bride Mm -hmm. and he's going to keep giving until he has a daughter until he has a son until he has the whole world back in the palm of his hand because he was willing to give everything in return if i'm honest the greatest gift about john 3 16 as a vow is that He never cared if you gave anything back. Hmm. And when I met my husband, Jay was, he was just a cool dude like that. He never wanted anything back. You didn't have to put him all up in the accolades. You didn't even have to shout his name. He didn't want to be known for being, oh, well, that's the guy that does. Yeah. I just, I just want to give back. I just want to serve. I just want to love. I just want to. You need it. I got it. If yeah. I got it, you can have it. Yeah. And the journey now is to go tell the story, tell the story of how the details of everyday things matter and how sometimes we walk around in this world thinking that everyone needs to know that you just bought your grandpa a Range Rover. Why? Mm-hmm. Why can't your grandpa go tell the story of how he was blessed by a young man? Because mm-hmm. that's a better story than I bought my grandpa a Range right. Rover. Right. Or to the single mom who's like, man, my daughter might be missing everything. 
no one has to know who John is. Yeah. But if she knows she's so loved. Yeah. She is worthy of being wined and dined. Yeah. She's worthy of having a man open the door for her and drop her off at her front door with not want not wanting anything in return. Right. She's you asked for it. Well, if I'm supposed to be the man in your life, then I'm gonna go get it. Yeah. Because y'all, let me tell you about my sweet, sweet, sweet niece. She makes a list and she checks it twice and she is to the detail. Yeah. Yeah. And she knew, well, mom, you can wait all day, but I'm gonna go ask Uncle John because Uncle John's gonna make sure that I got my high yeah. top chucks. Yep. And my pink blanket. Yep. That's <laughs> smooth and built like I don't want it to fall apart but I right. honor that because now every dude that tries to step in her path nah bro I'm sorry that's just not how that's done yeah so what is the story that you're being commissioned to tell and the journey is just to really let people know that you don't have to be living in a broken state of grief or grieving aka mourning because that's just a feeling or expression that's emotional suffering from a loss or if I'm honest or from a regret I didn't regret right. anything I did with him right those were the best 13 years like between dating engagement marriage of yeah. my life yeah I'm not grieving that he's gone I didn't lose come on I finished a full chapter I wrote the book. Mm -hmm. I told the story mm -hmm. and it was done right. Yeah. So now when people are like, oh, I'm just so sorry for your loss. No, boo, don't be sorry. I'm not, I didn't lose anything. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry that you didn't get to know him first though. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm sorry about that. You didn't get yeah. to know him. Yeah. You don't even, you don't, you don't, you miss the best parts of me. Yeah. You know, or, you know, you don't have to walk around in grief after death either. Um, well, anyway, I, I have been commissioned <laughs> to be careful with the things that I say, because I don't want to hurt people's feelings, but I have never been a person to let my worst day turn into a season. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. I know there are a lot of people yeah. that they go through seasons of hurting yeah. and yeah. it's only because they chose to stay there. Yeah. I, I miss my best friend. Yes, that is true. Yeah. My girls miss their daddy. Yes, that is true. But I am doing them a disservice of not showing them how to go tell the story of their, of their hero. Yeah. And I am doing them a disservice of not showing the world what love and life and grace looks like. Yeah. You don't need another sad story about grieving and, and, and grief. Yeah, you can turn on the news and and be grieving. Come on, sis. Yeah. And so, when you you know when you ask like, where am I going with the journey? There's a lot of things coming. <laughs> That's all I'm allowed to say. There's just a lot of things coming. Yeah. And there's going to be an outlet for people who just need hope. Yeah. Or maybe you just need a space where you need to learn how to go tell a story. But if I'm honest, this is this is how you tell a story yeah you can find the details that no one knows yeah and you put them on display that will touch the hearts of people yeah and if you're a christian it should always bring them back to the heart of god 
So good. So I don't I don't know if I even answered your question, but I'm like, I mean, that's 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 where I'm at. I know yeah. when, I, when I got to March 19th, our 10 year anniversary would have been March 16th. Mm -hmm. Um, my daughter had a field trip that week, all the things. Our life is still just as wonderful and busy and like you said, calendarized. Yeah. <laughs> and so we didn't leave until the following Friday after our anniversary. And I packed up my babies. I went to our beach house. Um and I, I wrote a post about it. And what I what I knew to be true, I needed God to confirm it. And I went to the only place that I knew that I could hear him without any distraction. Yeah. So I went to our lake house. Yeah. And the truest story about who G is and where I'm going and how I'm still figuring out how to pick up these pieces that people, and I'm going to say this loosely because I don't want to offend anyone, but just truthfully that people want me to hold on to that don't belong in my hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew that I needed to go run away. I ran yeah. away from my kids and I, I told this story. God, I'm at our lake house, but when I leave this lake house, I need answers because when I go back home, I need it to feel like a new home mm -hmm. because what I had in this home is with you. Mm -hmm. So how do I maneuver different? Mm -hmm. And so in Deuteronomy, I mean, yeah, when Moses, you know, the Israelites are trying to figure out what the heck do they do? Mm -hmm. The command was to go grieve for 30 days. But after the end of those 30 days, mm -hmm. get up and do yeah. life. Get mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. Get up. Mm -hmm. So from March 19th till today, it's the 27th. Yeah. The amount of people that have asked me, you know, like, well, what are you doing? Um, I'm like, well, I'm living. And I'm trying to get myself together. I'm I'm trying to keep dreaming. I'm trying yeah. to keep life work balance um yeah. but most of all i'm doing what my husband would do yeah and if i i mean you know him y'all doing too much get it together why are we still crying y'all we got dreams now now we got now we really have to go put this stuff into we work really have to go yeah now we need to go tell this story out loud and publicly yeah. and now we need to go remind people that time is not in your favor yeah you may think so. The universe and the stars are not telling you where to go, y'all. <laughs> hmm. The creator is telling them where to go. Come on. So if that's the case, why would we not go do what we are called to do? And I say that because I heard this saying after we were getting in the car on our way back home from our lake house and my mom had turned on something on the radio and I can't think of her name, Priscilla Shire mm -hmm. was talking at some, I'm assuming it was a women's conference. And she said, wouldn't it be different to live life 
knowing your expiration date rather than your date of birth? Hmm. Because if you knew your if you knew your expiration date, mm-hmm. you wouldn't walk around thinking that you could only live your best life mm-hmm. or that YOLO was a real thing. Mm-hmm. You would really decide to make every day matter yeah. and every day count. Yeah. And if you understood, so sorry, if you understood what was happening with life, you would not take for granted the day and age that you are yeah. because you might be closer to your expiration date than you are your birth date. Yeah. And so because of it, it shifted what I thought about going forward. Hmm. Because if I would have known that Jay's expiration date was 36, what dreams would we have accomplished because we knew the expiration date Mm -hmm. rather than just kept dreaming and expanding the dream, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What, What would we have said differently in the earlier stages of marriage parenting, right? Mm -hmm. Because we got married and had a baby. Right, right. What What would we have done differently with the details of the words that we spoke before we understood that every word spoken held weight? Hmm. And so when when people are walking around and asking me the questions of, man, you look so great. What is it that you're doing? Like, are you, are you okay? Like, are you, what's really going on? Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to live. Yeah. And I'm trying to live out loud. Yeah. Because I've lived really quiet about the dreams of my heart and the ways that I want and the things that him and I had planned. There's a quote that says, the most expensive place that anyone could ever go is the grave Mm -hmm. because more dreams more businesses more Mm -hmm. amazing words and people are there Mm -hmm. and in this season i can't afford to be one or more of those people yeah because i gave everything Mm -hmm. to something that is costing me everything to go tell a different story and when you value your vows you begin to look at the words that you say to people and commitments that you make with people not understanding that people are really a currency Hmm. because I could go make a lot of money without him. It's not the same though. Mm-hmm. I could go live a different life without him. Won't affect mm-hmm. that what it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. But when you really get intentional with the vow of for sickness and for health, for good, for worse, richer or poorer we lived all those out yeah we've had a lot of money we've been dumb teenagers Mm -hmm. we were sick we were healthy 
-hmm. we've had great days and we've had some really ugly valleys Mm -hmm. and I also had to live out till death do us part Mm -hmm. but when you honor the words that you spoke in front of people it will make you go back and reevaluate what have I spoken that I owe you right because people are currency Mm -hmm. So you deposited something. Mm. Did your check bounce? Mm. Did it get auto-drafted? Was it returned to sender? Mm. Is it equivalent in the the modern day currency? Are are, are you in debt with what you spoke? Mm. And if you are, go pay the people what you owe them. Because someone else's dream is now lacking a portion of a deposit that you once spoke. Come on, sis. Yeah. So because of it, now what do we go do? How do we go change the words that we spoke based upon a vow? Hmm. Because I can tell you what I vowed. I vowed to you. Candace is, I, I got Kyla. Mm-hmm. I know Uncle Jay's not here, but I mean, I'm not Uncle Jay and I'm not cool, even though his shoe game is only cool because of me, but that's fine. (laughs) I got him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I run away because my life is broken. Come on, sis. Now I've heard a whole nother generation of wealth, a whole nother generation of excellence because I was selfish to take my anger, my hurt, my pain and go deposit it. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to say that. <laughs> well, anyway, I would be wrong to go deposit that into drugs, sex, alcohol, oh, dreams of someone else right. instead yeah. of where I, I initially put my deposit in. Right. Because newsflash, if I bank at PNC, I can't go to Chase without paying something. Hmm. Well, that's still an auto draft and a deposit that doesn't belong to Chase. Yeah. It belongs yeah. to PNC. Yeah. So now two people and two establishments are lacking something because my vow yeah. was entered into the wrong deposit box. Yeah. Well, I got to go make that right. Yeah. I need to go fix that. Yeah. So whatever words we're putting out there, those are vows to currency mm-hmm. that belongs to a sovereign God who mm-hmm. wants out there well i gave so i could get a family Hmm. and if you don't give i won't get a family Hmm. but if you give in the wrong department Hmm. prematurely or too late i still have to go give again to Hmm. fix what you messed up Hmm. But it can be done right. I lived it. Yeah. 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 So now what story do you go to them? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, y'all. We do this every time. We're like, okay, we got this notes and we're going to go for it. Um, I am going to answer your last two questions and then I know you have to close. So 
<laughs> I love it. I'm glad I sent you these questions. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that grieving. Have your way, Lord. Listen, I heard that the grieving journey process is like riding a wave. Would you agree? Or how would you describe it? Mm -hmm. um, it's what you make it. Hmm. I don't have to grieve every day. I don't have to grieve every day. Yeah. Because if I know the details of my every day, I get to choose how I want to respond. Yeah. And so um, I agree that you will have moments always. Yeah. But it is your job. I'm going to pause. It is your job to not allow that moment to turn into an hour and turn into a day and turn into a week to turn into two weeks, a month, a year, five years from now. Because then what you want it so bad, you're, you're better off being dead with it. Hmm. Um, and so I think that that is where you're like, no, I can't, I mean, you know, you don't do that. Um, you have to choose. Yeah. And I will say though, the best part about choosing is even in the tears, even in the questions, are you willing to be still and quiet enough to hear God's answer? Definitely. Because in those moments, he'll give you the answer still. He's still sovereign. Um, because I know for me that particular day, I was like, God, are you, why would you do this? And as I sat on the side of that hospital bed, after everyone had left, after every doctor had walked away, um, I won't name any people because I don't know if they want me to, but the three people that were in that room with me that day have told me since then, we were supposed to be there comforting you. And here you are literally at a fork in the road. And the only thing you did was you asked two questions and I did, those were my questions. God, what do I go tell my babies? And now what story do I go tell? Mm -hmm. After that, when it was all said and done, I, I remember going to worship and the only thing I knew, knew to do was to go sing a song mm -hmm. because again, another inside joke was Jay used to tell me all the time, you sing for everybody else, but you never sing for me. Mm. Um, and thankfully enough, I got over that really quickly in our marriage. So I, I, I could sing to him without like feeling like I was silly. Um, and so you have to, you do, you have to choose. You have to choose. Um, for the wife that is right where you are, whether it was yesterday, 20 years ago, what encouragement can you give? I mean, that's, that's really the encouragement that I would give her. What story yeah. do you go tell? Yeah. Because if it was good, according to the word sis get up yeah even yes. if you've moved on get up yes. you're holding on to what hmm. what are you holding on to because if it was good according to the word i think this is this this should be tkc's new statement if it's not good then god's not done right but if he's done it was good and you have to keep going. Good, good. And no matter how we want to look at it, God said that it was good. Hmm. And Jay said, well, well done. Mm -hmm. And that's the story that I have to go tell. 
So I don't have a reason to walk around here with my head down, with tears rolling down my face every day, crawled up in the ball, falling into depression, eating my weight off. Like, no, that's that for one, that's just not me. I'm just going to yeah. be real. Yeah. Not my character, yeah. not my personality. Yeah. Yeah. I got too much to do in this world. And I'm y'all can, y'all can cry over there, but don't bring me your tears. Cause I don't want to carry your weight either. I got my own. Right. 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 Um, and so I would just encourage her, pick your head up. Mm-hmm. And if you have children, really pick your head up. Hmm. Because now hmm. what only thing you're doing is now giving grief and pain and hurt and trauma and all that to the next generation because you didn't let them see you walk it out with a heart of grace. So good. Hmm. Now, if you want to go cry at night when you didn't put them to bed, I had those moments too. Yeah. Yeah. God, yeah. I need your help. Yeah. I don't know what I am doing yet, but man, could you help me? Yeah. But then if your children are young, like mine, my girls are 10 and under well, nine and under in the moments where they're having a moment. Let me, let me, I'm not anybody's therapist. Let me put that out there up front. I'm not a doctor. I don't have any right to give you any proper counseling whatsoever, but here's what I can say. When your kids have those moments, give them permission to have it. Yeah. Don't shut them down. You're right. not shutting down. No one's telling you to like, well, you can't cry all day, every day. Well, if they're having a moment too, sit in the moment with them. Yeah. Cry with them. Remind them that they too have a right to feel that way. They they really lost something that they don't know how to comprehend. Hmm. Right. So that would be my encouragement for her. Um oh man. Yeah, some of those went. <laughs> Huh? We might have to do a part two, sis. But yeah, okay. <laughs> I won't answer that last one. You said you won't. No, the one. Well, there's a lot of things coming. That's all we know. That's all I okay, can say. Yeah, yeah. And oh, you said that. You you said that. I was like, okay, well, amen on that. Yeah. My yeah. song for this season, and I'm done. Is it just came out literally a week ago? Maybe. Um, it's by Vashon Mitchell, and it's "See the Goodness." Um. And it's just simple. It just says, you will see the goodness. You will see the goodness of the Lord while you live. Wow. Got to be living to see it. And you have to choose every day to get up and go live. Yeah. So that's where I am. Telling the story and living it out loud. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And say la and amen. And it is so. Come on, y'all. Gigi, thank you. Words really can't even express. <laughs> My heart's just over here like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm grateful. Thank you for living out loud for me, for so many. And I know, and we've talked through this season and um, it's just been beautiful to see God's hand in it all and all the details that you share, um, particularly on your social media that you've shared with those who are close to you. Um, who God has prompted you to share <laughs> because I know you're listening to him and you're being obedient to living what he would have you to do. So we are speak for everybody. Thank you. Um, and I would love for you to just share for those who hear this, whether it's real time when it's posted or years from now, yeah. how can people get in touch with you? Um, how can people connect with you? 
Um, so all my socials are the same, finally, thank God, for social ah. media and letting me change all my socials to the same name. Um, it is literally just same old O-L-E-G-G-G-I-G-I. That's on Instagram, Facebook. Um, and then here soon, I'll I'll give you an update and they can everything will still be under that same name, but there'll be more socials added. So but I mean, for now, if they want to go find all the details of the story, yeah. of why John 316 is really a vow to God or from God to humanity, you can find it on my socials. Yes, thank you. And I'll be sure in the show notes, I love saying this, in the show notes, <laughs> put the details um, of Gigi's information so you all can stay in touch with her and, and just um, live as well and take your vow seriously. I appreciate you. I was over here taking notes and God reminded me of two people that I need to reach out to so I can fulfill that commitment that I spoke. Um, like you said, our words have power, life and death lies in the power of the tongue. And we're called, um, we're called to be mindful of what we speak and to carry out what we vow, period. So that causes me and ca should cause us to be mindful of what we speak. Right. Yeah. Okay. Gigi, thank you so much. You're more than welcome. It has definitely been an honor. Um, it's always fun sitting with you in your space. Thank you for allowing me to come talk to your listeners. Yes. Circle. Um, I appreciate you always having a room, a seat for me at your table. Absolutely. I love yeah. you. I love you too. Thank you all so much. Love you. Hey, my listeners, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Vision Speak Live. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. And if you did, I would love for you to rate this podcast and write a review. That only helps us get this out to more people. Also, subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss new episodes. Again, thank you so much for tuning in.